Hello out there and welcome back to the GamecockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GamecockScoop.com. I'm Caleb, joined by Alan, and this is our off-season weekly um, podcast. And then during football season, obviously, we do about two or more, depending on what's going on uh, per week. Um, So let's talk a little recruiting and then we actually do have some football to talk about spring practice is just around the corner um as far as recruiting goes i don't have a ton of updates because like i mentioned last week um the dead period just ended and then south carolina was on spring break um so there weren't going to be any visitors to an empty campus uh but i do i am starting to get a list of visitors coming in the end of the month in april um we'll start updating GamecockScoop.com and the Insiders Forum on all of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it right now. There was a basketball note, uh, 2024 five-star guard Cam Scott um, was on campus for the win over Georgia, the uh, senior day win last week. So that's always good news. My feel right there is it's going to be really hard to get him to stay home. Um, most of the time I've heard him talking um it's been praising auburn and bruce pearl and all those sorts of things um but i i mean it's good that he's still showing up uh obviously he's in he's from lexington so he's right uh down the street so um maybe you can get that home pool angle and also i think it's probably gotten a little easier uh because gg jackson has finished the season so strongly um you know i think if that would have completely gone off the rails it would have made it that much more difficult because it's very easy to negatively recruit. Um, look what happened uh, when the five-star in-state guy stayed home. But uh, it seems like that's kind of corrected itself in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, we'll keep you posted um, on that. It doesn't sound like he's like about to make a decision tomorrow or anything. So still some time there. Um, another quick basketball recruiting note. The transfer portal window is about to open. Um, I know that Lamont Paris is already talking to some folks that season have ended um a guy from the citadel a guy from wofford we'll obviously keep in the loop as those uh materialize into something more stable and then yeah when the actual portal window opens it's going to be kind of crazy because a lot of schools will still be playing in their tournaments um so obviously anyone on those teams like a backup or whatever is probably not going to jump ship in the middle of a tournament run um so it'll be kind of yeah it's gonna be you've got selection sunday on sunday night um they'll have they'll be down to 68 teams in and i guess also 32 in the nit although teams guys have to are likely to jump during that and then as teams get knocked off the board as the tournament starts as it goes on you're going to see more and more names pop up in the portal as more and more teams get eliminated so just keep an eye on that through next week and the week after um like Caleb said, some of the guys from the SoCon, that conference tournament's already over. So everybody but, I guess, Furman, those guys can go in the portal now. They're having to impact their seasons. Um, it's going to just be a weird kind of trickle thing as these next couple of weeks go on. Yeah, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in basketball. But I'm, I'm not saying that you can't pull any of those SoCon guys. Obviously, Hayden Brown worked out pretty well this year. Um, but you're going to need to get some splashier names, I think, if – this is going to turn around within a season. Um, some some guys that have played some Power Five basketball or Power Six in basketball, I guess. But um, 
so but we'll talk about that when we get to basketball here in a second um let's talk football a little bit so a couple things are going on in the football world as uh everything slowly starts to wake back up um february was a little bit sleepy for football which honestly kind of nice for a minute um but spring football is right around the corner um i know last week you uh, got to talk to all the transfers and Shane Beamer and kind of a spring preview slash transfer uh, press conference. Anything kind of notable come out of that? Yeah, a couple injury updates that I think you always have to start with. Um, Beamer said they don't expect Tonka Hemingway or Kaysen Henry, such so a defensive tackle and an offensive tackle to be available for spring ball. He said both guys had surgery last month, didn't specify what. Uh, but he said he expects them to both to be ready for summer workouts. Um, he said Mo Kaba and Jordan Strawn, those are, of course, uh, a linebacker defensive end who tore their ACLs in week two last year. So they shouldn't do much in spring ball, but the rehab is going is going great. And then another guy who got hurt in the middle of last year and missed the season, David Spaulding. Beamer said he is, quote, more likely to be in spring ball than Kaba or Strawn, but he wouldn't say for sure either way. And then since we last were on here, Lavoisier Carroll, running back, um, retired from football. So that running back room is looking pretty thin now. Yeah, we were just like looking at the roster right before this started and trying to figure out who on scholarship, who is on scholarship at the running back position. So you got Mario Anderson, of course, who's coming up from Newberry. He'll be a one and done redshirt senior graduate transfer. Um, and you have uh, Juju McDowell. Obviously, and then we discovered that Dante Turbo Miller is also still on the roster. I think he was on scholarship, um, but obviously he's just been playing special teams primarily. Um, so yeah, be pretty thin in that running back room. And uh, that football transfer portal opens back up on May first. It's a 15 day window, first through the 15th. They're uh, they're going to need a running back in the portal. I think that kind of goes without saying at this point. Yeah, and we're we're expecting that to be a target. We're expecting edge to be a target. Um, although getting Strahan back will be, will go a long way there. Um, did you say that Terrell Dawkins is supposed to be back? I'm sorry. I'm kind of missed that. I believe he is supposed to be. Um, that's a weird one too, though. That's another guy where I think this program kind of liked him coming in and the wheels just never got spinning last year because how often he was hurt. I think he got hurt in week three or between weeks three and four it was a practice injury if I'm not mistaken. And he just never really got back into it. But that's a guy where, yeah, if you can get a healthy Terrell Dawkins to play, I don't know, 50 snaps a game, 40, that's kind of, that might be ambitious, but something like that next year. Um, I do think that changes your equation, but you still need depth at that position. Yeah, um, definitely. It, it, those of you that don't know who he was because he didn't really play last year. Yeah, like exactly. Said, um, he led uh, NC State in sacks as a freshman before he got injured. Um, but he hasn't really bounced back fully since then. Um, so it's kind of unclear on if that is something that he can ever fully be back to that level on or not. If he could, obviously, that solves a lot of issues. But um, that's a pretty big if. Um, speaking of Mokaba, tomorrow, uh, Pauline is doing a exclusive interview with Mokaba. Uh, it's Mokaba Week on GameCockScoop.com. Um, go check out some of his merch. Um, he has like a brand that he sells t-shirts and all that sort of stuff on. Um, we, if you check out Gamecock scoop on Instagram and on Twitter, we put links to all of that stuff in the last couple of days. Um, so yeah, really excited to hear more about his recovery of injury. And then the cool thing 
with these interviews that Pauline does is we try to give you a little bit of insight of who these players are off the field. Um, I think that is actually the working title for um, the series that we've been doing. We started with Marcellus Dial after the Clemson game, um, but I think it'll be, yeah, Gamecock scoop off the field, um, these little interviews with the players. So that's something to look forward to tomorrow. All right, let's talk a little bit more uh, football. So the NFL Combine was this past weekend. I did a full breakdown yesterday on GameCutScoop.com that you can check out. Um, some notable notes. <laughs> uh, Cam Smith, uh, he did well. Like He didn't do anything to hurt his position. Everything I've seen, he's the fifth or sixth ranked cornerback in this class. Um, that would still put him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Um, so it's possible. I have a lot of the mocks I'm seeing seem to skew more beginning of the second round, but it is possible you'll hear him uh, on that first draft night. Either way, he should be in good position. Um, probably the guy that did the most um, for his draft stock this past weekend was Darius Rush, yeah. who actually um, he ran a 4-4-3, uh, and he clocked like the third fastest combine time for cornerbacks. Um, one important thing to keep in mind with Darius Rush is he's got like a prototypical NFL corner body, but he's only been playing corner for two years. He's he yeah. as a wide receiver. Um, so I think he has worked his way into an NFL team taking a chance on his upside um, because I think he got better every year as a DB. Um, and then he put up pretty insane numbers of the combine. He's already got that body type built in. Um, I don't know that he's, you know, worked his way all the way up to Cam Smith tier, but I think he probably I think is he likely his name in the called on, Not that I'm a draft expert. I don't work for an NFL team, but I, could, I think you hear his name called on day two. That'd be the yeah. second or the third round, um, which when you juxtapose that to where you thought he might have gone before last season, which was not drafted at all slash end of day three. Um, I mean, he had a heck of a season last year. He was a huge part of that defense. Um that's a that's just a success story. There's another way to put it. It's great for him. Um, switching positions in the middle of college, playing well at that position, and now he's made himself some money for sure between the combine, his season, his senior or not um, senior bowl performance, and he's got a pro day next week too. Which next Monday in Columbia, you've got Rush Smith and everybody else who's NFL eligible going to be doing workouts in Columbia. With NFL scouts coming. Yeah, and I don't have the actual numbers pulled up in front of me, but a couple other things I remember noting. Zach Pickens didn't do quite as good on the bench press, which is one of the few strength um, things that they measure. I think he did like 22 reps, which was 15th or so for the DT position. But Javon Gwynn did 34 reps, uh, which was like third for O-line. So, um, And obviously that's an important movement for O-line. Um, it seems like they're still projecting him as sort of a backup offensive lineman, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he played his way to being a starter in the NFL, mostly just because of his work ethic, his leadership ability, uh, and that strength, although I think he's maybe slightly slower than um, you know, prototypical starters in the NFL. Either way, he, he should get drafted. Pretty much all of them should get drafted. Everyone that uh, participated in the combine, except for maybe Jalen Brooks will be on the borderline. Um, he ran he, the slowest. His time was, yeah. yeah. Ran the slowest 40 time of wide receivers. Ooh. 
I mean, he looked good um, in like catching drills and stuff, which that is his strength, right? He's made some pretty incredible catches through his career at South Carolina. Um, but it it's going to be tough. He's probably going to have to go the undrafted free agent route and work his way so. through. But I mean, you got a handful part- of guys who were not invited to the combine who are also going to be participating in pro day next week. Your guys, you know, your Nate Atkins, um, Christian Beal Smith, um, Sherrod Green. He wasn't at the combine, was he? No. Yeah, so he's he's doing pro day workouts next Monday here. Uh, Devonnie Reed, just see if anything pops, and um, some have some NFL people here on Monday. Yeah, football right now. Obviously, we're gonna keep you guys all updated on everything. Gamecockscoop.com. Uh, spring ball starts the day after pro day next week. That is March fourteenth. That is a fifteen practice. Well, fourteen practices plus a spring game circuit. Um, you got three practices a week starting March fourteenth. All the way through to the spring game, the Garden Black game, which is going to be April 15th at Williams Bryce Stadium. It's a night game, prime time. That's something the program did last year. Um, and they're working it into a home softball series or some other events on campus that weekend. Um, big Gamecock weekend, I believe they're calling it. Um, so stay in touch with everything going on with the football. Um, it is going to be interesting next week, kind of just looking at that pro day, that kind of situation. You never know if a guy could pop like that. It's for the combine guys, it's really more of a second win, second opportunity. Um, the guys who weren't invited to the combine, like we were just talking about, um, that's kind of their one chance with NFL scouts, NFL teams, sometimes even NFL GMs in the building to make an impact. I, I don't know if you're going to see a guy like, I don't know, Devonnie Reed have a pop, and maybe slide to the seventh round, whatever, Sherrod Green coming off two knee injuries. I don't know if an NFL team would – necessarily take a chance on that um but yeah it's it's kind of that time we're getting into spring ball and then after spring ball um that's when your transfer portal is going to open again um we do think south carolina is going to need running back an edge there's still some questions about the rest of the quarterback room after spencer rattler and luke doty um not sure who that third quarterback is going to be who that fourth quarterback is going to be where that leaves the rest of them, especially with a guy like Benora Sellers coming into the portal. Um, B3, who's QB4? What does that mean for people who aren't QB3 and 4 with the portal reopening in May? And I don't know, do you get any Lenora Sellers action? Yeah. Um, and the interest, I mean, like, I don't know if you've seen some of the winter workout stuff, but Lenora Sellers just like squatted 500 something pounds. Um, he went up. 150 pounds in a few months or whatever. Um, so his his potential is through the roof. It's going to be really interesting to see how they utilize him, if they try to utilize him at all as a freshman in like a wildcat sort of scenario. I mean, you still got to carry and join her too. So um, that'll be really, really interesting. I think I'm most excited to see the edge position, uh, the newcomers primarily. Well, newcomer, I guess, at the edge position. Um, did you update uh, the suspensions, by the way? Because I know that Shane Beamer did mention. Oh, yeah. He just said those guys are not currently with the team. That would be Montague Rames, Cameron Upshaw, and Anthony Rose, who, of course, were, I guess, two of them got arrested and one didn't on January. It was February 2nd, January 31st, something like that. Um, Beamer said they're, they're not with the team still. Um, not going to be – I can pull up the exact quote. Um, but yeah. – no, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I would 
would have said Rams, obviously, but he won't they're be still, there. Sorry, they're still um, part of our team. They're still not part of our team, still suspended. None of the three are currently with us. We don't anticipate them being back with us at any point in the near future. That's Beamer as of six days ago. There you go. Um, I would say the other edge players, though, Desmond Umio Zulu. I'm looking to see how he develops. We just talked about um, Terrell Dawkins. I mean, if he is healthy and out there, that would be great to kind of see how he's slotting in right now. Um, and then you got Tyreek Johnson and Brian Thomas Jr., who are going to be relied upon yeah. pretty much no matter what um, in a way that they have not been relied upon up until this point. Um, Tyreek Johnson has the right size uh, to be a starter edge. 6'3", 270 is what he's listed on the spring roster right now. Um, but he never really has fully put it together, at least so, enough to compete um, into a sizable role there. Um, if he's going to turn it on, now would be a really good time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see the edge position. What else are you looking for as we head to spring? Uh, corner, really. That's You're losing – we just talked about it with the combine stuff. You're losing Cam Smith. You're losing Darius Rush. Uh, Marcellus Dial is going to be quarterback or cornerback one – who else is playing? How do they look? Um, especially because I think if you're just talking about matchups, you definitely would skew. If you're watching corner versus receiver on this team, you're definitely skewing receiver, right? In terms of scrimmages, practices, whatever. Um, how does a guy like O'Donnell Fortune look trying to cover, I don't know, Trey Knox? You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you assume it doesn't work like this, they, they move guys around, but if you're thinking about a spring game scenario where you've got probably Marcellus Dial and Antoine Wells 1v1, and then you're looking at, I don't know, Fortune and Knox, like, I don't really, you, you don't have Anthony Rose anymore. That was the guy who played the bowl game and you kind of thought was sneaking up your cornerback depth chart a little bit. Um, who else is filling in there? Um, Kawan Banks, he played most of his special teams last year, but is that a guy that's going to get snaps a corner this year? Um a healthy David Spalding helps, but he's probably going to play nickel more, especially with Cam Smith gone now. They were kind of splitting that last year before Spalding got hurt. Um, who's playing corner? Yeah, uh, you also got Keenan Nelson Jr., yep. um, who's possibly going to get some some play there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, could you are you keeping him M and Warrior and DQ Smith both uh, at safety? Uh, is it possible that you're going to move those guys around at all? I mean, I feel like. I wouldn't mess with that. Yeah, <laughs> they they're pretty much going to be a really good force back there, I think. But um, and then yeah, you got. I mean, really, the whole de- there's a lot of uh, areas on defense that are going to be interesting to see how they play out, right? You got uh, Grayson Howard coming in. You got Muhammad Kaba that we spoke about earlier coming back from an injury. You got Stone Blanton who we think still has upside at linebacker, but didn't necessarily fully perform. Uh, the way you would have wanted as a freshman. Um, and then you have a transfer from Auburn. Uh, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head right now. Not all. I'm thinking of Jaron Willis. Jer- yeah, that's it. Jaron Willis. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're right. Ole Miss, um, who was rated highly out of high school, but pretty much sat uh, behind some better players, better older players at Ole Miss last year. Um so yeah, the linebacker position, and then we talked about it at the beginning, but the running back room is, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's not much to watch except for how Mario Anderson performs uh, with this step up. Uh, does he look like he can be an every down back? Um, 
or at least heavily relied upon 50-50 split with Juju McDowell, whatever. I but, don't think you like, do that, honestly. Yeah. I don't uh, – We're these are conversations to be had through spring ball in the summer, but Juju McDowell at his size I don't think is even a 50% or a 50% of the carries running back in the SEC. I just don't – at least not between the tackles. Um, yeah, it would be tough. I mean, you, you think of, like, examples of someone that size that has made it work before. Like, I would think back to, like – what Dexter McCluster? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but again, he like he was kind of a one tackle down, and he's going down. Uh, if he can find a hole, obviously. Quince Rogers, yeah. who's, I think he's at Oregon State. He made the NFL, I think five six. That's another one. But yeah, yeah so it's going to be tough. But uh, like I said, we think that they'll probably go after running back in the portal. If there are any edges available, they'll go after edge in the portal. We also have talked about. The idea that Tonka Hemingway could spend a little bit more time on the edge this season. He's hurt, though. Uh, yeah, we won't see it in the spring, obviously. But um, So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to reading some of those practice reports. Uh, we posted the full schedule on GamecockScoop.com earlier this week. Um, but you have pretty steady media availability. Obviously, some of the basketball, the women's basketball stuff might uh, interfere a little bit, but We'll have plenty of coverage on GamecocksGroup.com for that. Any other like questions or things you're looking forward to for spring? Looking forward to seeing Kai Kroger punt, but that's, that's kind of a given. Always looking forward to see Kai Kroger throw. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, get into the in-season sports real quick. Um, so men's basketball, of course, ended their regular season with an SEC home win. First one of the season took – uh, 11 tries, 12 tries, tries, however many it was. Uh, but they got one. Um, played a pretty uh, complete game against Georgia. Like I said, uh, Cam Scott got to see that. Um, and they played their way into the same role that they were going to be in either way, which is yeah. a game against the 12 seed against all this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got the that, home jerseys. He would have been 13 if he'd lost. Got to wear those road jerseys tonight. But they got the home jerseys right. for, for this game tonight, or they should. That's right. Although. If you look over the course of the season, maybe the road jerseys would have been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that'll be here in just under four hours, uh, six o'clock tip Eastern uh, for that one. Um, we'll have coverage on, on that on GameCocksCoop.com. We expect that they could win this one. I think that that would be a nice little, uh, you know, thumbs up on the end of the season. But then they would be slotted to play Tennessee tomorrow. Which, if the first two games are any, any yeah, I think I know how that's gonna go. Uh, yeah, uh, it hasn't gone particularly well for them against the balls this year. So whatever, let's say they win one and get knocked out, or they lose tonight and get knocked out. That's fine. Um, the season went uh, about how we expected, and probably maybe had a couple more higher points than we were expecting. Yeah, I was gonna say like you, if you want to look at it strictly in projection terms, they did beat that. They were predicted to finish last in the SEC. They were not last. They were not even second last. They finished 12th out of 14, which no one's giving you a gold star for that. You're not raising a banner in CLA for finishing 12th in a 14 team league. But yeah, the hot the highest is the main thing. You beat Clemson, you beat Kentucky, you took Alabama to overtime. You and I think the main thing beyond just high points, you got better as the year went on, and even more so individually. Jacoby Wright is a better basketball player than he was in November. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Um, um, Zachary Davis came in as a freshman, didn't know what to expect. He's a better basketball player now than he was in November. Um, Chico Carter Jr. got hurt, and that sucks. He didn't play the last month ish, but he was trending upwards. I think we would all agree. 
And that's a good sign for Lamont Paris. Um, that's not, not going to be enough by itself. They're going to have the portal like we were talking about. But this team is better than it was in November. I don't really know what more you were looking for out of this roster this season. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe if they win tonight, they will have won four of their last eight SEC games. So you had 500 They started 1-11. and They got to 4-14. and So, yeah, 3-3. and They'd be 4-7. They'd be 4-3 and in the last – and then, well, yeah, before eight, they lose tomorrow. But, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's – that's progress, uh, especially mm-hmm. with the one and eleven uh, start. Um, the real question, though, is like, what's next? Like, maybe is there a world where you see Gigi Jackson sticking around, or is he off to the NBA? It's next week's um, problem. Um, <laughs> right. That portal opens Monday. I don't think he's going to portal. He could. No, no I, I also don't expect him back here. NBA. So, yeah. I think he's going to the NBA. We talked about it last week. There's no need to belabor the point. So there's actual information to talk about, but. He's still a first-round pick, I think. Um, and I would expect him gone, but we'll know for sure at some point, maybe next week, as early as next week, possibly. Um, yeah, if if somehow you get him back, um, which I do think there are some arguments to be made that he could improve his draft stock to a lottery pick. Um, it He would mature one more year, become a local, even more of a local legend, you know, whatever. Um but uh, if you somehow get him back, then your starting blocks uh, for next year are, are much better than they were going into this year. But I think either way, you're going to have to hit the portal. Uh, you don't, no I mean, question. you have Colin Murray Boyles and um, Arden, Conyers. Arden Conyers coming in. They are fine. It's kind of similar to the freshman that came in this year. I think Braden Davis proved that he can play in the SEC at this Zachary level. Zachary Davis, you're thinking football Zachary, again. I know. I, I get them confused every time. Zachary Davis. Two um, freshman Davises <laughs> the programs right yeah. now. Um, and uh, Daniel Hankins Samford, you know, Did not jury's, still out. Uh, jury's still out on him. But um, either way, I think you're going to have to hit the portal. I think you have to hit the portal harder than you did last year or more successfully than you did last year. Um, like I said, right now, they're looking at the SOCON but that doesn't mean that that's going to be the end all be all of what they look at. Uh, I think you get Michi Jack Johnson back. That'd be great. Um, I think you get a Brima Deba back from. Forgot about that. Yeah. it's a good point. Another ball handler. Um, he was yeah expected to be another lengthy guy. That's um, got a good bit of variance on offense. Um, honestly, I think he would have made a, a pretty big difference this year. So if you get him back, um, Jacoby, Wright, Like you said, um, Josh gray, I thought played much better down the, down the stretch of the season. He's still got some room to grow, but, and that's a deep, that's some decent building blocks, but I still think there's no way that you have much better success next season. No, you need more. It's, you need more, you need more talent. It's kind of not to make it too obvious. You need more talent. That's it is what it is. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to project much about next year uh, other than the guys we know until we know how that portal is going to shake out. Um, so stay tuned on GameCrackScoop.com for any uh, updates on portal players. Uh, but yeah, for now, I think we can say like Lamont Paris has shown proof of concept that he can coach a team to get better over the course of a season, which is good but we still don't know about the recruiting and bringing in portal players in this era uh, to actually compete year in and year out in SEC. 
Yeah, and that's about all I had on men's basketball. See how it goes tonight slash tomorrow afternoon. I expect the season to be over within the next 36 hours. I think all of us do. Um, but a season that will not be over in the next 36 hours, but you're hoping within the next 36 days, uh, the women's basketball team is 32-0 now. Yeah, they got the uh, SEC tournament, which eluded them last year. Um, that was, I mean, you were there in Greenville. What a, What was the experience like? Um, first of all, open locker rooms are back and that's the best. I know they're back for the men's tournament too. I'm not there. Just being able to actually talk more about that, talk to players, you can talk to whoever you want. If you're subscribed to the website, I've got quotes from almost everybody after all three games, um, about the games on the insiders forum. If you're not subscribed, you want to hear from your favorite player who doesn't normally talk about a game. I probably have a quote from them after all three of those games this weekend, or at least one of them, but definitely subscribe to that. If you want to hear from your favorite player. Um, this team just knows how to win was kind of the thing that struck me on Sunday, especially that title game was a little bit of a wonky first two and a half quarters. It was a kind of a flat line start. They went up by 12, Tennessee cut it back to three. You're thinking, Oh, here we go again. They blew a 13 point lead last year in the SEC title game. This team just knows how to win. Steady the ship, gather yourselves, figure out what's not working. Um, I thought the main thing was Tennessee's Jordan Horston, you know, big scoring forward at 14 points in the first half and then zero in the third quarter and didn't score till there were two minutes left in the game. Um, figure out what's beating you. The other team's best players or one of their best players is doing something inside. She was getting looks, make an adjustment, kill the game. That was my biggest takeaway from Sunday. This team just keeps finding ways to do that. Um, the in-game adjustments were good again. From, that's no surprise from Don Staley. Um, and they just figure out a way to do what they have, which is be the better team and win. Yeah, I'm looking. Do you know when the actual bracket gets announced? Is it this eight o'clock Sunday night? Yeah, um, I'm looking at the latest bracketology. It's really not that much different than what I gave you last week. Um, South Carolina is expected to be the top seed in Greenville one, um, Utah number two seed, um, Indiana would be. Greenville two, so they would not face each other until a title game is what that a would title be. Game. Yeah. Um, so Stanford would be the number one seed on the other final four bracket. And then right now Virginia Tech is actually the other one seed. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I guess if you're kind of talking about what are you watching for as a South Carolina fan on Sunday night when that bracket comes out, who's the other one seed on your side of the bracket, that fourth one seed? Um, I'm working on the assumption they're gonna be the number one overall seed. I think that's safe. Right. Yeah, um, that, that is that's gonna happen. Yeah. Virginia Tech won the ACC tournament. They were kind of on that two line most of the season, but they've gotten hot lately. Do they slip to one? I know you said that projection has them there. Could UConn get that last one seed after kind of getting healthy and now they just won the Big East tournament? I know eye test matters a lot, and they've looked better since they've gotten players back from injury, even if their resume doesn't have that for the whole year. Um, I'm kind of wondering, I'm wondering who's your one seed on the other side because that's your final four matchup or one of your possible ones. Who's the two seed in your region because that's your elite eight matchup or a possible one again. Um, and I think I'm also looking at, obviously you want to know who your your first opponents are. You see a 16 seed there, probably a play-in game again situation like last year. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And then keep an eye on where Stanford is because as, as I've said on here before, I truly think this team's either winning the national title or losing to Stanford somewhere. That's, that's the only team I've seen that I think can beat them and out, has outplayed them this year. 
Um, so you want to see where, and if you're South Carolina, you want Stanford right where they are in that projection, a one seed, other side of the bracket, can't see until the national title game. Well, no, right now in the projection, they would be the final four matchup there in the Seattle four um, mm. bracket. So that's not quite um, what you want then. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying you should be scared of them. I mean, it's kind right. of the, I can't think what movie it is now, but the, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me kind of thing. Like at, you're locked in with South Carolina. It's not the other way around, but that is the team. If it, if it plays out the way that this is, it does seem like the Greenville one and Seattle four bracket, which is led by South Carolina and Stanford, whoever gets out of that probably wins the national title. Um, but the hardest overall bracket may be the Greenville two bracket because you got Indiana, UConn, Notre Dame, uh, UCLA all in that bracket. That <laughs> so would be that would be like quite like, a regional. Good grief. Yeah. Yeah, that's the eat itself alive bracket for sure. Yeah, um, and that that yeah for sure. Um, and that's I guess yeah, UConn's the other one you got to watch where they end up because I know they want a second shot at South Carolina. They're obviously healthier than they were when that game happened a month ago. Um, and they're as you'd expect of a UConn team playing their best basketball of the season when the calendar flips to March. So yeah, we'll get a, a full uh, bracket on Sunday. We'll start to break down those matchups next week on GamecocksGroup.com. Uh, for the record, right now uh, it would it looks like the opening uh, game would be a playing game between Chattanooga and Southeast Louisiana. So that's who they have South Carolina matched up against right now. But subject to change uh, by Sunday night. It'll be two conference champs from very small leagues playing in Columbia two days before the tournament starts is what that's going to be. Yep. So um, if you are in the upstate, enjoy some women's basketball coming up, coming up to you. Um, you just got to enjoy some women's basketball and we'll continue to. It seems like Greenville's record. really, I would say Greenville's really becoming a hub for it. Yeah. You're from Greenville, right? Originally uh, from the area. Yeah. Um, I had a good time this weekend. That's a nice little, um, nice little town. Nice little bit. I know that main street districts changed a lot in the last few years. Um, but I had a good time. No, yeah. Every time I go back, uh, there's a new giant building there. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's talk a little baseball. Um, I think that uh, I think I told you when you kind of came on that our subscribers are are really really into baseball um, more than perhaps uh, you might you might expect initially, but. Um, Got a win over Clemson. Uh, that Two rounds out, out the big four sweep of the Palmetto series. So South Carolina won during this academic year, uh, football, men's basketball, women's ba basketball, and uh, now baseball. Got you out of three, like you said. The only, I guess, concern was Will Sanders looked a little shaky, but that's going to happen sometimes. Um, I expect him to get back into form, you know, uh, and – most of his series to to start off a, on a better foot than that. I think one of your takeaways though is that you kind of have four worthy starters uh, for the for the weekend on Sunday. Obviously, a Jack Mahoney who's coming back from an injury uh, out there. He was fine. He pitched four innings, I believe. Um, and then you had oh, what's his name came off the bench. Um, James Hicks. Not James Hicks. Sorry, yeah. James Hicks came off the bench and was like lights out uh, once he came in. And um, Stephen Anderson, actually, who uh, covers baseball and has some connections within the program, uh, did mention that he thinks it's possible before the season's over that those roles switch. Even uh, I can Hicks see that. I mean, Hicks, was, Hicks has been better so far this year. I mean, Mahoney was good his first start, but Hicks it wasn't five innings. 
relief yeah. score. Yeah, I mean, he's been better. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a good problem to have. Uh, I think you have four oh. SEC caliber caliber weekend starters. You also have the Eli's who have been holding oh, it down. Both pitch last night in the midweek, eight innings total, one run allowed, uh, 10 strikeouts and no walks between them. Yeah. So um, there's no doubt that the pitching depth is there. Um, let's hope that they can stay healthy, which obviously was the problem that they ran into last year. Um, the pitching wasn't really the problem very much last year. I mean, you could argue that the bullpen was a little uh, thin, um, but also the bullpen didn't get very, very much help from the hitting, which we've discussed, finished last in the SEC and everything last year, pretty much. So now that they've faced a true test, although we talked about how Clemson was struggling a bit going into the series, um, is this team good? Like, do you, <laughs> they only have one loss in the season, but the schedule obviously has not been much of a gauntlet to this point. Um, and it's not getting harder this weekend as they take on Bethune Cookman in a three game series. Um, no offense to Bethune Cookman, but yeah. uh, so yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this team so far? Like, how do you see them stacking up with the rest of the SEC? That's the whole question, isn't it? That's um, that series this weekend is the last week of non-conference play, and then we're nine days away from the first SEC game now. I can see a way they're good, put it that way. I'm not ready to say that outright yet. I'm not ready to say this team's going to win 17, 18 SEC games and host. Not ready to do that. Um, everything was back to pitching. I mean, we talked about that before. You, you're talking about Sanders, Hall, Mahoney, Hicks, Jones, Jersenbeck. You got Matthew Becker. We haven't even mentioned yet. He's starting tonight. That second midweek is pitching the weekends. Um, Kate Austin has been your shutdown reliever. That's that's eight guys right there that I think most teams would take and guys who have started games before. Veach has looked nice and Chris Veach, he's been the closer, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Having to save on Saturday, that middle Clemson game. Uh, you're, got, you're eight, nine deep out there, um, and that's going to keep you in almost every game you play. That's kind of my main take, and that's why I think this team's still – I would lean yes, this team's good. I think clearly better than last year. I don't think it's even a question at this point. Um, it just comes down to can you score enough runs without the homer is still my question. But you saw some good signs of that. Last, I know they hit four homers last night, but you saw some good signs. That sixth inning last night, they were up two to one, scored three runs, kind of put it away all without a homer. Started with Wimmer, had a good at bat. I wrote a little, a little bit about that on the website. Be had my gamer from last night. If they can find ways to hit for average a little more, um, score without a homer, I think this team can be very good. But you need the pitching to stay healthy, too. Yeah, it's still been a little bit feast or famine, for sure, with mm-hmm. the hitting, um, which was something that they experienced a lot last year as well. Um, to me, it's I think the hitting's a little bit better. And that's all you really needed. I think the pitching was already pretty good, and now you could classify it as great. Yeah. Um, so those two com- things combined, I think, probably get you tournament worthy. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I mean it's uh, Sunday. It's really that's kind of what I was talking about with someone else yesterday. You're you're going to win a little more Sundays than you lose, I think, because you're going to be able to roll guys in the third game of a series that other teams just can't roll out there on the mound. Yeah, and it was pretty apparent um, this past weekend that Clemson was yep. grasping for straws uh, on Sunday with what they were doing pitching-wise. I think they had eight pitchers or seven. That won't be the last time this year you see South Carolina do that to someone in a Sunday game. Yeah, and South Carolina only had to use two. Maybe they brought in someone in the last No, inning. it was, two. It was just, um, just Mahoney two. and Hicks, yeah. Yeah, I covered that game, but it is a blur a little it's bit. It's been right a long now. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
if you ask me right now, easy, easy agree that they are better than last year. And are they the number 20 team in the country, which is what they were ranked this uh, last poll? That sounds about right to me, honestly. That that seems like right in the, the wheelhouse. I wouldn't I know some people are complaining that you know Florida State jumped up and then got beat Lost back series, down, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. Um, and that South Carolina hasn't seemed to get that same respect at this point, but also it's like they they really haven't played anyone. Yep. It's really you've hard got, to tell. And then just scheduling wise, just for people who don't know, you've got USC upstate tonight, midweek, um, six thirty game. You've got three this weekend with Bethune Cookman. You've got Presbyterian in the midweek next Tuesday back in Columbia. They're 11 or no at home, by the way. We haven't mentioned that. They're taking care of business at home. And then after Presbyterian next Tuesday, um, a week from Friday, SEC play starts with a three-game series at Georgia. So you've got one more week to figure out whatever you still want to figure out before the SEC gauntlet starts. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm we're kind of nitpicking because we're just trying to <laughs> – have conversation figure out yeah and figure out what this team is but um at the end of the day you have to give them credit i mean they've, oh they've they're winning won. and that's yeah. especially i said this to someone last night coming out they've played four midweeks this year so far and they've all been uneventful and that's the best thing you can say about a midweek and what they weren't doing last year yeah exactly and that ultimately is what kept them out of the tournament last year because mm-hmm. they were right on that bubble as far as uh they probably needed one or two more SEC wins. Yeah, but it was it was right there. Definitely would have helped to win at least one or two. In right now, they're four zero in midweeks, and you can't do better than four zero. There it is. Um, all Nobody right, any... like me. <laughs> uh, so obviously, we'll have a lot more baseball in the coming weeks. Uh, we will have some coverage on men's basketball tonight, and as far as they see fit to go. Um, but obviously, unless they win. The whole tournament, their season will end whenever they lose in the SEC tournament this week. Um, and then the women have the long road ahead and uh, should You're, be should be They're fun. hoping six games, six games in the course of three weeks, uh, starting next Friday or Saturday at Colonial Life Arena. Yeah, and if, if I'm not mistaken, that would make them, if they you know completed the road, that would make them the fifth uh, program ever to go yes. undefeated. Um, and obviously it would be the first time uh, – South Carolina has ever gone undefeated. So that was the first undefeated regular season, even this year. Right. Um, So this team has already passed several historic milestones, but they do have that one big one left. Six more games to win. That's kind of the message I got from the locker room from, from everybody on Sunday, which again, if you're an inside subscriber, you can see quotes from basically the whole roster about after the, after the title. Uh, you can check that all out on GamecocksScoop.com. We'll be back next week to start to preview uh, a known opponent at that point. Um, and more baseball coverage and spring football getting kicked off next Tuesday. is the first spring practice. Monday's pro day. Next Tuesday. So uh, check that out on GamecocksScoop.com. Until next time, we'll see you.